Welcome back to Season 7 of Sunday Night Teacher Talk. This show is a live Q&A show that happens every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for one purpose, to help you be the teacher that you're called to be, the teacher that you always dreamed of being. We recognize that Sundays can be the most stressful day of the week in the education world, so we gather as a community to prepare together for the upcoming week. Enjoy the show. There it is. We're hoping this works right. This is this was a this was the up to the last minute activity. It's like it's like the beginning of the school year, but we are back. It is it is season seven of Sunday Night Teacher Talk, and I have like I are you are you my co-host? Are you my? I'm like your silent co-host, like Wait, sidekick. Or, yeah, okay, that's a better word. So. Instead of having my wife be this kind of silent partner that was off to the side, reading questions, going through, commenting back to people, throwing up links and stuff like that, it just seemed like it made more sense if she was just on here with me. So I'll still be answering questions and things of that nature, and I'm certain that you will chime in, but this just seemed like it... It's not so weird. I was just like... the voice on the side. I feel like we would get so many comments about like, who's that weird person on the side? Like, why don't they, why aren't they on camera? Why don't you let them on camera? And so here I am. We took their words into advice. So (laughs) the other thing is um, we have this new setup, right? After seven seasons, we started in the dining room. um, And now we are, we're still in the laundry room. I'm going to, I'll be honest with you. It's the other side of of what you all see usually. So, well, sort of. But and we'll get into all of this. I'm going to do like a, a we'll we'll talk about it later. But, um, you know, I just want to say that like, look, 229 episodes in, and uh, oh, we are sorry, it's all right, it's all right. <laughs> so and and I just I can't believe it. It's that's a lot of episodes to do of anything, um, and and how far it's come. I'm just really yeah it's exciting proud of it and i'm really thankful there are homies that are on here that have been here since like i don't know if anyone's been here from the beginning beginning but like i'd be interested to know has anybody been here since we started like we used to call this what teacher talk live teacher talk live um and i'm not saying names but shivy definitely took that (laughs) after we shifted the sunday night teacher talk um and we had a whole conversation about this to get your teach on and um so then it became Sunday Night Teacher Talk, and then it has evolved a lot over the years. Uh, but look, the, the whole point is this. You have that teacher that you might feel that you are called to be, that teacher that you dreamed of being. And the, the logic behind this is to just try and help people to, to reach that potential, to do what we can as a community, right, to, to do that together. And so that's the, that's the logic behind this. That's what we're trying to do. So, look, if this is your first time here, drop a question in the chat. You will not only get an answer from from one of the two of us, but from very. I mean, the possibilities are that you'll get many, many answers in the chat uh, as well, because we're trying to do this as a communal activity. That we don't think that you can just teach and be all alone. Or if you are, you're not going to be able to reach that full potential of who you could be on your own. So we try and do this thing together. So drop a question in the chat. If you have an answer, uh, this is something you can show up to and help somebody else out too, right? Both those make you feel better for Monday morning. Now, I'm pretty sure that no one's back at school yet, but I 
I'm also pretty sure that some people are pretty close to being back gearing to school. Up. So, and that might give some people agita. Uh, and, you know, that's fine. I sound like my mom right there. Yeah, right? My mom used to say that all the time. But what we want to do is, for those of you that are ready, that want to talk about it, that want to get into it, we are here for you. And, um, you know, and I like, I, that feels pretty good. We are we are ready before Target has back to school things out. I don't yeah. think that's true. It's been a minute since, since we haven't been to Target in like a week and a half, two weeks at least. They probably already have it out. No doubt. Well, we're gonna go check because I want to know if I'm right or not. So cool. Are you ready? You have yeah. a question? Let's start with uh, Miss Gonzalez is up first, Pop it and up. she actually. Uh oh, it just moved. Um, she's going back sooner than later, right? She starts at the end of July. I think I remember her yes. saying that, like PD starts. Okay, well, let's see what she's, where did my question go? It's a, it's up there already, dude. I know, but I can't read the whole thing. Oh, okay. Or maybe I can. Uh, oh my God, love your setup. Y'all look so great. Happy summer. It's so awesome to see you again. What's your favorite thing to do in the summer when you don't have to work? It's changed a lot. It used to be gardening. Um, and I'll tell you what, both of my neighbors... <laughs> decided that they are going to grow their own rice in five gallon, many, many, many five gallon buckets. And that, <laughs> for those of you that don't know how rice is grown, as I had no idea how rice was grown until they started doing this. Wait, I just want to say the first year that they did this, that they did this last summer also. And it was really actually cool because cool. we didn't know how rice was no really idea. grown. When, like, when my man was out there harvesting rice, and I, we were like cool. all standing at the window, like that, like just staring. Like, he has no idea that we were doing this. No, and the reason we can't go outside is because rice grows in standing water and it breeds mosquitoes. So gardening is no longer my favorite thing to do in in the summer. I think the older I I, I think in this season, I won't say the older I get, this in this season, it's hanging out with the kids. It's really doing stuff with the kids and making memories. Um because a friend of mine ruined my life a few years ago. And when she told me that, uh, so two things. One, 80% of the time you're going to spend with your parents is spent typically between birth and 18. So that means that only 20% of the time do I get after my kids are 18. If that, if they like graduate from high school to 18, go to college and, you know, kind of live like, like normal traditional i don't know if i want to say that but like an atypical sort of like existence um however the that would so a friend of mine goes that means that when brody turns 16 this summer i will have four summers left with my son or no two summers left with my son two so that really makes me want to focus in on my kids get hyper vigilant about making memories uh especially because my daughter doesn't remember anything um, so I got to make them really, really, really good memories. So that's, I think, my number one thing in the summer. I'm sorry, I'm busy reading. So yeah, yeah, I agree. Thanks. <laughs> okay, uh, Zoe that, is. That up. was a good sidekick moment there. <laughs> I am. All right, Zoe's up next, asking, "I need help picking what books to read over my summer. I read pretty much anything, and I read a lot. Suggestions welcome." Oh uh, gosh, I'd love to know what everyone is reading in the summer. What you. I was going to say, this is, I feel like is. this is a really great community answer yeah. like, in the chat as well. So I think, you know, I, I used to read a lot of fiction in the summer just to kind of get out of my life and my head. I would say go-to books of the summer anymore are like 
building myself up. Um, so, and that can look like anything like, like I know it is on everyone's shelf and it's in every single target and every single airport, but, um, how to be a badass is a great book. Um, the, when I think about like, I've been, I just read, uh, Unreasonable Hospitality by Will Guevara, maybe, um, who was the number, had the number one restaurant in the world. And now I'm reading Living with a Living with the Monks by Jesse Itzler. He was, I've known who he was before, but he was a speaker at Get Your Teach On and just was incredible, explosive. Like the room was explosive when he was on stage. It was such a good what, Wasn't that awesome? Was so, good. so I'm reading his book right now too. Um, and then I think I'd recommend um, "Teach Your Class Off" by C.J. Reynolds. That's a real. I'm I'm hearing good things about that. It's available on Amazon now. So um, yeah. All right. Um, next up is Stephen asking. I have a question. I have Go moved to a new district after being after teaching for six years at my previous one. I am moving up to high school from middle school. What should I do to prepare? So there's a lot. And so actually, Stephen, I'm putting out a video this week for teachers that it might be your first job or your first year somewhere else. And we are actually part of it is you're going to be able to email us and I'm going to send you a list of like, I don't know, I couldn't hit 20. I think it was like, cause it, that felt overwhelming as if 18 wasn't, but like 18 things that I think you should do immediately. But I'd say two of those things are one, get your curriculum. And these are the not sexy answers either, right? So I'm about to give you like, these are the real answers that are going to actually save you time, energy, capacity, and save you from anxiety. One is to get your curriculum and make sure that you have the things you need for the first at least unit. Um, so if there's certain textbooks, if there are, um, did, did he say, what is, was Stephen teaching? Oh, um, high school, middle school. So like if there's certain textbooks, if yeah. there's certain novels, if there are certain um, materials that you need for experiments or whatever it is that you're doing, make sure that those things actually exist because you just don't know, especially when, you know, my school, there's so much turnover that no one can find anything that anyone had. And then you end up finding like one day rummaging through stuff, which is what I do. And uh, you're rummaging through stuff. You found the closet looking for some prop that you're going to hopefully use. And you find like a gold mine of stuff. And I remember a few years ago, I found, remember all those Legos I brought home? Yes. Because the school didn't <laughs> even want them. So like I brought them home and because we were using all the regular Legos I kept, but there was like a TIE fighter set just sitting in there, a Ghostbusters uh, mobile just sitting in there. So find the stuff that you need. And the other thing is, um, sorry, my neck doing something is connect with the people that you're potentially going to need help from later in the year. So that might be the tech person. It might be your department head, your grade level chair, uh, other teachers that teach your subject, um, the person that fixes stuff in your room, the person that orders stuff for the school. You want to go and at least not necessarily make friends because that, that's a tall order, but connect with people before you need people. And that's huge. You don't want to be first week of school. Something's going on with your projector. You never met the tech person. You don't even know what they look like and you need something. That's not a good look. So go and take the proactive step of, of introducing yourself and just having them know what your face looks like. So that if you do need something, you know them on first name basis and you can go and get them. 
I like that. I think like be friendly before you need them. Yeah. Right. Like sure that you're friendly. <laughs> Uh, okay, Sophia is up next asking, um, I left my school this year due to lack of support. I've been teaching private music lessons and about to start my master's. I want to look for a new job, though. What do you what do you look for in a school? I, you know, Sophia, I think that's a that's a great question, uh, but it's a personal question. I think when you think about what do you need for what are you looking for in a school? It's literally sitting down and I would, I would dream it out. What do I want in a school? So for me, that is definitely autonomy and autonomy with regards to not just what I'm teaching. Cause that, that doesn't really, I mean, that's, it matters to me, but it's not a deal breaker for me. Like, so if I was given a set of books as a literature teacher that I had to read, but not scripted lesson. Yeah, absolutely not scripted. That's what the autonomy that you're talking about. So how to teach. Um, is what I want. I want to be able to take unlimited class trips and I want those class trips to not have to involve the entire grade level because I think that that is incredibly limiting for teachers. I want to know that the staff that's there enjoys being there and teaching. And so that's going to take a feeling of like looking around the school, being a part of things. What is the vibe that you're picking up from the school so that you know that this is a place that enjoys the work that they're doing and is really serious about the work that they're doing. Um, I don't, I don't like having like mandatory rules in my classroom or mandatory procedures. I think that that is incredibly limiting too, but look, and then the reason I say that that's just for me is there are people that I've seen come to the schools that I've worked at and autonomy scares them to death. It's too much freedom. You don't want that much freedom. You want to know what is the bathroom procedure? What is the, what is the procedure for if there's a discipline issue in class, what is the procedure? Like how long it does my unit have to be in? What are my, like how long do lessons have to be in? In what order do I need lessons to happen in my classroom every day? And that's fine. Some people really thrive off of that because it frees them up. That discipline allows them freedom in other areas. I don't. Um, so that's what I'm looking for. But I think more than anything, you know, and this is going to be a feeling it out too moment. I have come to believe that strong leadership is the foundation for greatness in anything. That could be in school. It could be in a job at Home Depot, right? Like no matter where you're do, you're working. Um, and I don't say that to belittle Home Depot. I worked there for, gosh, almost 20 years at Home Depot. Like that was my summer gig when I started teaching and all through college. Mm-hmm. But you're looking for something that is someone that is going to lead, not manage. And there's a strong difference there. Leaders lead, managers manage. Managers make sure that the vision is being played out and that everyone is doing what they're supposed to do. Leaders take you from pain island to pleasure island. And that sounds like a weird metaphor. I understand that. <laughs> but it is. Uh, that's what my mentor taught me. And, you know, it's whatever. It's I, Darius Daniels, that's on you, buddy. So, um it's taking you from this place where you feel stuck, you're not really sure what to do, and you can go to them and they're going to help you get to that place that you know that this is the right move. And so that that's what I'm looking for. Would you mind passing me that water over there? I, I left. Thanks. Yeah. We need to get mugs like they have like on morning shows and stuff. Can you have matching mugs? That I'll yes. do. CJ wants me to wear matching outfits. I think we should wear matching outfits. I don't think that's, I don't think. I'm down with that one, but I would do matching much. I also want us to all wear matching outfits at the gym because we go to the gym with our kids. So and weird. I want to dress like a 
what was his name um from royal tenenbaums it was uh ben stiller's character mm -hmm. with the headbands and everything go google that it's worth your time all right hit it maisha is up next asking will you be doing a back to school boot camp yes ma'am so uh here's what i'm learning here's here's my new <laughs> rule for myself this year my new rule for myself is to not tell anyone what I'm going to do until I'm going to do it because I have a horrible uh, habit. Are you agreeing? Are you agreeing with me? Yes. Tell them what my horrible habit is and what's my horrible habit. Like we can get everything done in like this amount of time when it takes this amount of time. And I'm yes. going to tell you all about it. Like before we even have it ready or planned, especially because I appreciate excellence, but she executes excellence in all yes. things. So that is, so um, we were already going to have it. It was supposed to already like uh, start in like a week or something like that. It's going to be a little bit longer, but we're, uh, we are planning a number of things. We're planning things for the beginning of the year. There's a lot, here's, here's one thing. I know we've said a, a thousand times, like we have so much coming and we really do. It's all in the works. It is just him and I, and we still have kids at home and they require different needs because of who they are. And everything takes us so long. So we're working on building a team out, getting things moving so we can yeah. like produce more faster. But it's all coming. Thanks. Lots of stuff. Um, all right. Natalie. Yeah, Natalie uh, is saying, I'm stressing about going back to school in a month. First time here. I've been watching. Oh, this is not a comment. This is just comment. Oh, uh, but well, thanks. Let's talk about that, though, real quick, because I'm sure a lot of people are. So first of all, Natalie, thank you very much. Um, and I, so look, I mean, I think the stress is real, but I say this all the time, but it's worth repeating. Anxiety feels very similar to excitement. And remembering that is, is, is powerful because sometimes I play mind tricks with myself, right? Like I got to play mind games where like, I will just tell myself, wait, I'm not, I'm not anxious about this. I'm just really excited about it. Um, so being mindful of that, being thoughtful that like you are uh, just excited also and know that, look, it's it's going to work out. Like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Right. What and really like what's the worst thing that can happen? I'm really thinking about that and then answering that question. Um, I used to tell my students, like, you're not going to catch on fire. Right. Like, it'll be all right. And yeah, but so, like, what's the worst fear that a teacher has? Like, when you're a new teacher, that they're going to fail. Mine was that I was going to fail. How, how do you that fail? The in kids a are going like, to see. The kids are going to see through you. They're going to realize you're I not that like good. I feel like they wouldn't listen to me. That would be my biggest yeah, fear. No one will listen to you, and that is something you cannot convince someone that they will be okay with until they do it. I think the only other time that you can convince someone that like they will listen to you, the only correlation that I have, I'm not a teacher, I'm a homeschool teacher, but like not a classroom teacher. But it, for me, it was parenthood. That was one of my biggest things. Like before I actually gave birth and had the kid, like I remember thinking and fearing like, what if we're in public and they just don't listen to me? What if they like, you know, all of those like what ifs, but it was like, what if they don't listen to me? What if they're, what if they're bad? What if, it's, it's just a lot of that, but I think that you're, you're right. surprised at how much kids do listen for the most part, most of them, the and bulk of them. For those that don't, and even if they didn't listen, right, mm -hmm. it is, so like if Natalie goes in her class and it is like a disaster, right, It's not you heavy. will, It's a lot of that is happening because you're strangers. When those kids understand 
who you are, what you're about, and that you're about their success. And that's it. When you don't give up on them, when you keep showing up and keep trying to get better and do better, then I'm, that is the thing that you can't, you can't convince someone of that, but I'm telling you from experience that that is the thing that is going to win kids over. So I love reading comments. I love that. Like, uh, Miss Gonzalez, she has dreams where you go to school naked, right? Oh, every year. (laughs) There's always a dream that, or like you showed up. went to school one year in his slippers. I did on, in real life. In real life. I didn't just dream it. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the most comfortable (laughs) days and relaxed and awesome days I ever had. It made me want to just adopt slippers. And I'm an anti-pajama pants in public person. So. All right. Um, Hit it. Bartimaeus? Can, can, can I, I say this right? real quick? Um, sure. But while you're trying to figure out that name. Um, <laughs> now, for anyone like Natalie or anyone else, right? We don't talk about this very often, but we do offer mentoring. And if you go to our website, right at realrapidfinals.com, which is getting a remake right now. So I'm hoping all the pieces work. It's um, still there. The, we do offer mentoring. And so you can sign up to get private mentoring. Uh, with me. And then we have other stuff coming out this summer that I'm not going to talk about because it is my new thing, but be mindful, like just being thoughtful of that too. If you're really feeling like you're in a place where you could really use it and you know that that investment in yourself is going to help you out, check it out. And that's something that might be of interest to you as well. So Uh, Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus. Good job. Uh, Thanks. Uh, Saying upcoming first first year class teacher here. I am thinking about buying lesson materials from the internet, which potentially helped me. Would you recommend doing that? I feel overwhelmed preparing. Yeah. So look, you get zero credit for recreating the wheel. It doesn't matter where you're like, if you can find a strong lesson and look, I'm not uh, on the front end. I am not just about like TPT, right? I think there's a lot. I found a lot of bad stuff on TPT. I find stuff that like, is like from people that have never taught someone who's never taught that lesson, someone who this is like really great in theory, but then you try it and you're like, dude, this, this sucks. Um, but it's like, to me, it's like getting hello. Well, maybe it's not exactly hello fresh, but like maybe a little bit, like when we in the past used to, uh, get hello no, fresh stick with your cake metaphor. It's like right. getting a cake and then you, okay. Change it. We go with cakes and bit. not hello. Yeah. Okay. I so mean, there goes our your, brand deal with HelloFresh. That way I won't admit. But um, if you buy a box cake, right? It is, it's good, right? Anybody can make it. It's like you add two eggs and some oil and voila, you have a cake, right? It's like pretty hard to mess up. And I know that because I can't bake and I've made one. So, but it's what do you do with that? So what kind of icing are you choosing to put on it? What kind of sprinkles are you choosing to put? And guess what? You don't have to make icing from scratch. They sell those situations in the aisle too. It comes in all different colors and flavors and all kinds of stuff, right? So you pick the sprinkles. You pick how far do you want to go with it? Are we now looking at tablecloths and plates and silverware and backdrops and balloons and like all of these things you can pull in? But look, if you just gave kids cake, they're good. It's good enough. You could just give some kids some plain old cake and they're going to be thrilled with it. But so you order something from the internet and then I think it's how do you sprinkle your particular magic on this? That's going to take something from ordinary to extraordinary. And so that I encourage you to do that. Get everything off your plate that you can so that you can put as much as you can into those things that you're that you're doing in class. Um, just a quick reminder, if you're so, going to put a question in the 
in the chat for me to read on air, just put a cue in front of it or the word question. It just helps oh, me I should have said that to note beginning. the difference between regular chit chat in there and questions for me because I have to feed through all of it. <laughs> where does um, chit chat come from? John Lopez, where does chit chat come from? I can't he'll answer it for you. He, I was going to say, look it up later. Knows. He doesn't have to look it up. He knows it. Okay, Chris Carson is asking, and this is a good one. He said, okay, so this is a good community question too, but Every year we get a large amount of funds to spend in our classroom for the year. This year, $900. I don't know what to spend it on. Spend it for me. Ooh, so. man. I was going to say something because you're special education, Chris, and I don't know what, like, is that just for every, every subject or do you do like specific? I think Chris is all, yeah, yeah. he's like pull out and, and um, class support. So, man, I would say buy an Orcam Learn. And like, that's not even because we have a brand. No, going. and we do. We partner with them. Um, but as parents of a child who has reading difficulties, um, both of our kids had reading difficulties when they began. And Brody is diagnosed severely dyslexic. Um, this little device that's like this big, it's just it's it over there. Like I cannot pen. physically get out of the seat right Where now. And I don't, I just, I wouldn't do it right now. Oh, I know, but I like it. It's tricky. You can this see there's going to be a new video coming out. You can't understand out. how tricky this situation, like we are. We're Wait till we show you. Anyway, it's, it's kind of pricey, but if you can spend a $900 chunk, like, man, I would get one of those. Cause it's they, not even $900. No, I know. But um, but you're only going to get how much is, I don't even know how much it is. It's I, kind I, of a pricey. Uh, but, yeah, it's pricey, but so it's well worth it. And I'll say this, Chris, that doesn't just come from us. So my son was using it because he does this thing where he is reading, um, putting you on blast right now, Brady. He's reading. And if he gets to a word that's tough, sometimes he skips it, right? There's like a fatigue that comes in. Or he just puts totally a word in that he, that kind of looks similar, but it's not really the, yeah. We're not reading it. We're just. Yeah. So anyway, with so this, it creates a little arrow on there. You can point to any word. It will define it for you. It will translate words for you. It's so if awesome. you're reading a book and someone speaks in Spanish and you want to know what that word is, it will tell you. And so that's really great. The mm -hmm. other thing I think, Chris, is um, I think the two things I've spent the most money on are either books for my students. And I let students order their own books. And that is a huge ROI because then that box comes in from Amazon or Barnes and Noble or wherever you got it from. Then you do an unboxing, right? Where the kids are getting it. Then to give a kid a book that is brand new, that no one ever read before, that they're the first ones to crack that spine um, is huge. And what I do in my classroom is, you know, if I know a kid, so a few years ago, I'm thinking about this one student um, and he finished the book and he go, he was so happy about it. He goes, Ron, I finished this book. You go, Oh, great, man. Is that the first time you ever finished the book? He said, yeah. I said, well, then that book's for you. That goes Aww. on your shelf as a, as a trophy. Um, and the other thing is incentives and those can be easy incentives, right? So like, you all know that I love cereal parties. And so I have cereal parties all the time in my classroom, but you can have mini cereal parties too, or snacks for kids or giveaways or like, Hey, you're doing a great job. So here's like, whatever silly putty or whatever kind of weird thing I'm into right now. Um, so that is, I, I think that is it too, because kids are just going to be motivated by that kind of stuff. So um, those are the two things I think of uh, books and cereal basically. And I said, and work and learn. So yeah. there you go. You can tell, that says that right there says a lot about our relationship. <laughs> That's so true. You said technology to help dyslexic children, and I said Fun. cereal with the least nutritional <laughs> value. 
Good job. Uh, all right, Miss L is asking, is saying, I'm starting a new job and moving and moving house to a new town. Advice on how to stay sane and not get overwhelmed with all to do while starting strong as the teacher I want to be at the, at this new school. We so I'll tell you this. You have to. So here here's what I do. Um, one I I use I really like lists. And part of the reason I like lists is because I can cross things off. I also use an online program uh, called Trello. I'm not affiliated with them. It is, I really like it for me. The reason I love lists though, I know she doesn't like it, but anyway. I like good old paper and pen. Yeah. But for both of those, I, I like it because many. I like to just look at the crossed off things too. Yeah. I have a horrible habit of moving forward so quickly that I don't look back to appreciate some of the things that I've gotten to do. Right. So, but, and I know that a neat classroom is a ready classroom. And so I don't have to have all the stuff done. It can be a work in progress as the school year goes on. This is a work in progress, right? Like we, there are things that we wanted to have done for today that we don't have done today. My white balance over here is a little bit off, which means like this is kind of faded. You can't see the wall over here. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, this microphone is not bolted down because I lost the bolts because I had a different microphone stand. So now it's just propped up in here. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, you just heard that horrible scrape that it made. Um, my computer is not working the way that I want it to. It's like, fake. And we had two cameras we were going to use. Those aren't ready yet. So instead of freaking out, I have to like sit here and look at this and go, no, we did a great job. Like we, we really made this work. Yeah. And so um, I have to be thankful for that. So it's it's looking at small wins. I schedule my time very, very carefully. I have to-do lists. And then I, here's the other thing with the to-do list. I have to tell my wife what, like, here's what I think I should get done today. And she goes, here's what you're actually going to, I go, here's what I'm going to get done today. Here's 10 to 12 <laughs> go, things. Here's what she goes, do. these three things are what you're going to do today. But that really helps me because yeah. I, I, I tend to, I am one that will, bite off more than they can chew and chew it no matter what, even if it breaks me. And she's like, dude, just stop being dumb and do these few things instead. And that is really beneficial to me. Hmm. So uh, show up. It's more about how you're showing up and not so much about what everything is going to. But isn't that like a lot of things, you. right? It's, it's how are you going to handle the stress? And if like, Stress I, is like there's just a lot of you know Myron Golden says personal development. A prepared speaker is better than a prepared message. Hmm. Right. So think about that. When I say that I'd rather show up to school, if we go full spinal tap and I say I'd rather show up at school on an eleven, yeah, and have a lesson plan that's a six than have it the reverse. Yeah, that's because you want to make sure that you're good to show up. And if everything's not ready, at least I am feeling. So I think ultimately, I would say, Ms. L, it's taking care of you first. Although your list is very, very long, it's making sure it's like the airplane oxygen thing, right? Yeah. Take care of you so you can take care of others and not just others, but all the things that are on your list. Yeah, that was two plain uh, metaphors we made today. Did, did I yeah, because I said we're like in a cockpit. Right oh, now. I can't just get out of here. That one has a weird one. Uh, okay. That's good. Okay. <laughs> I think this your. I think your name is the Buddha J. Um, before you get to Buddha J. I just can I say something real quick? Sure. If you are, um, if while you're watching this, it what we found is that it really helps the algorithm for other. What we want to do is help as many teachers as possible. That is literally the That's one of the, the missions of what we're doing. If you could hit like the little like 
thing on it's there. Awesome. Um, it just helps boost it in the algorithm. It doesn't do anything else. It, it just like we don't shows the algorithm that people are watching this up. and that they like it. So if you hit the, that, um, and if you can subscribe, if you're not subscribed already, uh, that just helps us out. So I just wanted to say that. Go Absolutely. ahead. Absolutely. Um, all right. The Buddha J is asking, I think I have that right. As time yes. passes, it feels more and more difficult to maintain a job in teaching. How can an educator maneuver through difficult legislation and structures within schools? I think it's such a great question. It is a great question. Um, and it, 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 there's a little bit of this that is, that is it, there's a personal aspect to this too of like, who are you? What are you about? And what is the, the problem or the problems, right? So I think what we have to do is look at sometimes, um, is this something where I need to grow my practice or is this something where I need to grow personally? So sometimes you can just, you know, it's, it's because you're not, you could, you could shift your teaching, your pedagogy a little bit, and you're going to see a way bigger, uh, return on your investment, right? So um, I know that like when I first started teaching vocabulary, when I look back at how I taught vocabulary, my first few years of teaching, it was horrible. And everyone <laughs> always failed every year. I just blamed the kids because they weren't studying. And then I, I, I had to, I had to learn how to, how to do better at that. And so my learning led to a better return in my students. I saw their growth happen. And that was huge. Then there are other times when like I get upset about stuff. I would get frustrated. I would get really angry at students. I would get really angry at classes. And not that I was lashing out, um, but it was, I was just found myself becoming more angry. And you can't be fun and silly and be angry. You look like a lunatic when you do that. Because I've seen teachers do it. And I've been there, right? I've been that guy. It is, those were times when I felt like I had to grow as a human being. And so that had to be done with therapy, with spiritual direction, with uh, any number of things I've kind of, with reading and personal, it's personal development. So I had to become the person that could handle that stuff because ninth graders are always going to be ninth graders and sixth graders are always going to be sixth graders and kids are always going to be going through puberty for, for the rest of time. Right. And I had to understand like that I needed to get better to be able to handle those things that were coming up. I needed to get better at handling all the madness at the beginning of the year, at handling principals and administrators that I didn't agree with, at working with people that were difficult to work with. I had to grow. Those people were never going to change. The, the, the curmudgeonly teachers are just going to be curmudgeonly teachers. And, and I, you know, I hope that they change. I hope that they grow. I hope that they find happiness. And we just peace. can't Yeah. But I knew that I could do something. And so that is where it was. That was the question I think I had to ask myself. And so look, I think one is also it's learning about more about who you are. You know, one of the things I've been very, very interested in the last few years are uh, personality tests. There's a lot and we actually, I'm not going to talk about this very much because I, I just said I'm not going to talk about stuff we're going to do. But um, that's something we want to help people walk through, though, right? Like, is We do. I and, found so much value. Even and in, don't even tell them what the test is yet because no, I want to wait. But, but I found so much value. I've never done one. And I only did the one that we love and we want to use. Anyway, um, I did it myself. And I learned, like, 
no, I like excellence. Like when you talked about this set, like I like excellence, but that's part of who I am. It's my personality. And I used to just think I was like super bougie or like picky or any of these things. And it's like, no, it's not. I just have a high level of eye for products and companies with details that are like, that shoot for excellence. Yep. Um, And And I learned that I I love excellence. Take that in. But I also like speed. So I, I start off wanting excellence and then I'm like, you know what? This is good enough. We're a good yes. balance in that. Kind of. Boy, it drives me nuts. We're awesome. Um, I would say also in that, like, through difficult le- legislation and structures within the school, it's kind of just being okay with understanding that you can't, they're not going to change overnight. It's like someone, it's right. like a big shit, right? It just can't make a, like, it's not like your little car that can make a quick K-turn and, like, you're, you can make a U-turn real fast. It's like a giant ship trying to change things and that takes a lot of time and small movements even are take a lot of time yeah small changes Especially in public school it's very it difficult. is very difficult and it's a it's a long tedious process to make those big changes so i think if you go into it with an understanding of that and so it helps you to get it kind of like work through it to be okay yeah. with where it's at and put shift your focus to kids Sucks. um because it doesn't mean don't fight for change in things, but don't like lose your head over it mm-hmm. kind of an idea. All right. We're going to go with Anne because I, squ- I skipped do the it. question asking, how do you do standard, standard beast? I guess it's grading. I don't, um, know. I don't know. Is that, I need it. Was that incomplete? <laughs> I need a little, oh, is there more than? There, yep. Grading without being totally subjective. I've been, she got another one. Mm-hmm. I've always done percentage based previously. Um, And she's in fifth grade, she said. So I think, and hmm, I do points, total points. Um, And I have done standards. I have done percentage based. I think that those are percentage always seemed to confuse my students because it was like a quiz is worth this much, but a test is worth this much. Um, and your participation is worth this much, especially when the school has their hand in telling you how you have to divide up your points. And I know that for me, um, there've been years when I didn't quiz very often. Right. So I, I gave a lot of tests. I gave a lot of assignments. I gave a lot of classwork. I gave no homework. Um, and, but a ton of participation in class and turns out participation like is worth 15%. So then you have a kid take a test that's worth 35% of their grade and they take one test and they've been crushing in class, but they got, they didn't do well in the test. Now their grade is in is just tanks. So that's a tricky one. I, I'm curious. I'm curious how other people are thinking about this because that, that's a hard one for me to answer, answer like off the top of my head. I'll be honest with you. You stumped him. I did. I got a little stumped there. Um, email him. Because I'm trying to, be, it's because I don't typically, like I've, I've tried my best to get away from that, to get away from standards. So it's like what I'm trying to do is like, that being the case, if you are, if you are mandated to do standards based, what is the best way to do that? I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to pitch it. One, if anyone in here has an answer, that would be great. Two, uh, if you could throw up the Facebook 
thing. If y'all are not in our Facebook group, there are over 6,000 educators in there. No brands, no one's selling you anything. Uh, Real Rapid Reynolds Facebook group, Real Rapid Reynolds Teacher Talk um, is for educators only. And that is a great place to ask this question as well. And I, I'm certain you'll get, a, you'll ton get of a, answers. a thing. And so look, this goes back to my other point too about, I don't have the answer for every single thing. And in real time, sometimes it's hard to, I'll probably think of something like 10 minutes after we're done and say, oh, I should have said this. But uh, it is the community that builds this out. So yeah. So help me out there, Carson. <laughs> I had a question. Pinterest probably got a good answer oh. for that one. Um, I don't like when I don't have an answer. That's tricky for me. Brina is asking, I work in a boarding school. I'm a mentor to a group of 30 boys aged 15 to 18. What kind of indoor activities could I do with them? They already do a lot of sports. So are we, um, so first of all, that sounds fascinating. I wonder where are you located um, that you're doing this? Like what country or state is, I think it's me, reminds me of, um, and I'm forgetting her name. Mm-hmm. They ran the boarding school for girls out near Hershey. Oh, yeah, um, the and then Dave Dunsavage ran a, a boarding school for boys out near Hershey also. Oh. Um, so I, if we're talking about like quick Man, things, you know, we're going to say what I'm going to say. Minute to win it. Minute to win it games They're are just awesome. so easy and fun. And you can find a million of them online. They cost almost nothing. You can just find stuff around your building or your dorm or whatever. It's like ping pong balls and red solo cups. Yeah. A lot of them. It's a lot of stuff. And I use those as incentives a lot of times at the end of class. Like if we can get this done, we're going to do a minute to win a game. Um, That is a huge draw for students. Um, I like team building activities, but I'll tell you what, like one of the things I love to do with my students to really kind of build stuff is what, what grade is she? Did she say Uh, 15 to 18, 18, especially 15 to 18. Um, is having, we used to call them HDRs, heavy, deep, and real conversations, where we would just sit down and talk about stuff that they were thinking about, um, have kids talk about something that they are interested in. And because I think kids, you know, Anis Mojgani, the poet would say, kids are told speak when spoken to and then are never spoken to. And giving kids a safe platform to be able to express who they are, what they think and what they feel is one of the best gifts that we can give to young people. So I think that that's, that's part of it for me. Oh. You're right. My computer's dying. Why does it say it's not plugged in? Oh, that would be horrific. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to fix that in just a second. Let me give you another question. Cause your, your plug's not in there, dude. No, it is. That no, it's, not. it's on the floor. It's right there. Oh, that part. Oh, geez. Quick, hurry. It's not really going to die that fast. It did the earlier. On oh, it did? Yeah. Oh. All right. Um, the, the dangers of oh, having a live so, thing. I know, right? Um, Brina said she works in uh, Slovenia. Yeah. Oops. Slovenia? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. That's awesome. Look, I'm going to just say right now, if you need a speaker at your <laughs> school in Slovenia, just have me come out. I'll come out. Just cover my travel. I'll do it. I would do it for free. Um that being said, look, gang, if you're looking for speakers, if your school needs someone for professional development, for keynotes, anything like that, uh, please email us. We'd love to set something up. I have a whole bunch of things set up for this summer. Um, I'm going to be all over the country, and I'm just, I just love it. It is just like becoming 
if not is one of now my favorite things to do is work with groups of educators, like as they're getting ready in the beginning of the year, because we all know that PD can be boring. And so trying to create PD that is fun, that is like the stuff that I do in my class, that is that is deep, that is real, that is relevant, um, please email us and, and we can uh, work with you to, to contact your administrators and give you all the stuff that you need to be able to do that. So let us know. Absolutely. Okay, Nassim is... Especially if you're in Hawaii. <laughs> Yeah. Let us know. <laughs> this is up next asking, how should I prepare as a special ed teacher for September? I, you know, I think one of the things I'm going to tell you to do is, um, and I've probably talked about this in videos before, but it, it, it definitely bears repeating. Email, finding the students that you are their teacher, um, especially students that have a 504 IEP and emailing their folks, introducing yourself, who you are, what you're teaching that sort of thing all the stuff like here's how you can get in contact with me like basically a nice little menu of of the ways that you're capable or able to help their child this year so like this is when I do things after school this is when I do things um during lunch this is you know how early I get to school all that kind of stuff so there's a very there's one email they can go to they don't have to go through a thread and then ask this singular question what is something that you might want me to know about your child that's not going to show up in the IEP or 504. That is so, so clutch. Never has anybody asked that about our kids. And I am ready with a million tips for you on yep. how to best serve, like, just, yeah, to, like, just give you a little insight on who my kid yep. is that would help you level up really fast, especially in the building relationships area. Like, if you already have a little bit of insight that's not on IEPs, 504s, all that stuff, like, and it puts the, the puts the power in the parent's hand, and it shows, right? Like, oh, my, my friend, heart, my parent heart would be filled just with that. It's because it's it's outside the box and it's, it's, you know, my friend Hannah used to say that love is a verb. We can tell people we love them. We got to show them that they love them. And I think that's a real sign, a real show of love that you're really about this and you're willing to have those bigger conversations and not just look at the intake form that parents set in, but really ask them that poignant question. And I'll tell you what, Nassim, a lot of parents aren't going to be ready for that question. They're not going to be ready for how to answer that because they've never thought they would ever get asked that before. So, um, but that's what I would do. Um, one other thing I would do if you're going into special education, if you, I don't know what your training was with that, but I think like learn about whatever disabilities that you're unfamiliar yes. with, like just read about them. There's tons like understood.org, yep. like goes through and will tell you different disabilities. We had, um, we had a lovely woman who was our son's pullout and uh, we said, you know, he has dyslexia or whatever we were talking about. And she was like, hmm, I don't know anything about dyslexia. And I was like, wrong thing to say. Okay. But you're his like pullout reading teacher. Like you're, yeah, I was, it, it blew my mind kind yeah. of. So, and look, no fault to her because they shouldn't have put her in that position anyway. But like it is <clears throat> doing our best to show up for the kids for who they are now, not for who just we thought they would be or something like that. So taking those extra steps to learn about like, what is ED? What is dyslexia? What is dyscalculia? What is like a phonological processing disorder? And just having a basic awareness and then starting to look for 
Are there free resources that you can get? Is there someone in your school that understands that more deeply than you do? Is there someone that, you know, like has experienced some of this stuff before? Like, I'll, I'll tell you what, there used to be a theater teacher at BL uh, who had dyslexia and yeah. we had, used to have great conversations mm -hmm. and it helped me to understand it so much more because it wasn't just in a textbook or on yeah. a website. It was like someone telling me their experience. Especially as an adult, right? Yes. They can look back and say, like, no, when I was a kid. This is what I could have used. Yeah. Or this is what helped me. Right. So that's huge. Yeah. All right. Nassim is up next again. He gets them in quick. He does. Look, uh, he has a new profile picture too. Looking. Are you sure? Looking I thought sharp. that was the same no. One. I think the last one he was like he had like a black jacket on. No. <laughs> I, pay, I pay way too much attention. You to really do. Products. I was gonna say I don't pay attention to people's yeah, profile really, pictures. I'm all up in um, this. Okay, he's asking. This year was a challenge. Do you think next year will get worse in terms of challenge? I think every year is going to be a challenge. Every year of your life, but everything that you want in your life, every great and wonderful thing you want is on the other side of hard. And so, I think that regardless of whether or not it continues to be a challenge, who are we growing into in these moments? And so you, it is, education is particularly difficult right now, but there are people that are still doing well. There are people that last year had the best year that they ever had in the classroom. And so for me, it's really looking at those at conversations with those folks and seeing how they, are they possibly able to do what they're doing and still be so happy, so fulfilled, so calm, so balanced. And so I want to grow into that person that no matter what my circumstances are. And look, and I'm going to tell you, man, like That's hard. in West Philly, my last handful of years there, six principals in three years. That was a lot to handle. We lost six boys to gun violence in twelve in a twelve month period, and I'm not saying that that's something you can just get better at dealing with, um, but but it did cause me to really get a good therapist, like a full time good therapist. It real and that helped me to grow in all facets of my life. Right, it helped me to really count on the people that I and realize how much I needed the people that I mm -hmm. that I taught with, and it really caused me to call on those relationships with students that I had that were no longer even in my classroom that I had grown up and stuff like that, like that. I, I, I needed, I needed advice and I needed insight from folks that were, that were no longer even just around me all the time. And so I know that I could not make my school better, right? My school, it was not getting better, but um, I'm so much better now that if I went into a school that even like I that had issues still I just know that I can show up and do a great job because I've grown as a person mm. and so that that is what I would continue to grow you um and things will always get better for you right they might not get better for everyone they might not get better no, they for get better for you and then you know how to handle them better yeah. like like when you said when if you had to go into a very difficult school again it's like you would just know how to handle them better like you wouldn't be worn down as quickly um yes with it all right ricardo is up next asking hi reynolds i'm getting married this summer and returning from my honeymoon two days before conference days what advice would you have to not be overwhelmed on the return back to school? So first of all, congratulations. Yes. I love being married. 
is the it's the best. It's the best. Um, <laughs> it <is. laughs> it's hard work, but it is a hundred percent worth it, and is not something I have ever regret. Maybe one time I regretted it, but, but most of the time, no, I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> and so it is really being mindful. You don't get your honeymoon back. Just trying to be as present as you possibly can. Um, with and and when I come back for conferences. Um, I think the, here's how, here's how I look at conferences in the beginning of the year and back to school nights is all I want parents to walk away with is that I care. I'm excited to be there and that I only want their kid to succeed. I will do just about anything to help their child succeed. And so especially if a kid is a willing participant, right? If they're, if they're dragging their feet, there's like not a whole lot I can do until you actually want to like get up and move with me. But if you show me that you're even remotely interested, if there's a spark there, I am going to try to, to pour gasoline on that thing. And so I know that's not how fires work. You don't just pour gasoline on sparks, but you know, I, I don't, that's my extent of fire knowledge. So um, showing up and just knowing that, Take all that excitement that you're feeling from like just getting married, from coming back from your honeymoon and stuff like that, and just let it like just it just explode, man. And and show folks that you are excited. I have never been to a back to school night where I've heard a teacher do that. Where I've heard a teacher say, I just want you to know that before we even get started, I love what I do and I'm so thrilled that your kid is here because I want to have the best year ever. I've right? never been to a conference that a teacher said that ever for either one of my kids. Yeah. And even if it's, look, I wish they would. And that's not overselling, right? Like to say that this is going to be the best year ever, you can, it can not reach even where you want it to go, but this is your, this is your mission. This is your goal. This is what you're trying to do. And parents just feel better about, they, I know this because they tell me, they're like, oh my gosh, this is like so great. I'm so glad my kid is in your class. Um, and then because every parent it. just wants their kid to be loved for and cared for, like when they're away from them, yeah. right? Like, at so least that's what I do. That's what I would go in with. Take that excitement from from your uh, honeymoon and just whew, keep it rolling right into the classroom. Okay, sorry, I'm looking for another question. You take your time. Would you like me do to I sing a song sing? right now? No, absolutely not. Did I ever tell you that I really? Oh, got one, got one, got one. Ready? Oh, thanks, John. What advice would you want to give new teachers who will be entering their first year in the classroom? I feel like we might have already hit on this a little bit. I did, but there's there's a lot. There's so much stuff for new. I feel like we could do a, a workshop for just new teachers. Um, that might actually be a thing. If that's interesting to you, let us know. Um, there are a lot of first year teachers in here in the comments. Yeah, mm -hmm. I feel like we could do something for them. Um, maybe we will. Let's talk about that after the show. Uh, because I don't want to say I'm going to do it. Oh, I know. Um, advice I would give first year teachers, uh, is I'm going to say two things. One, there will be, and this is in this is part of this video that's coming out this week, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a spoiler alert. Um, there are people that are going to tell you to not go so hard, to not work so hard, to not do so much, to they're going to almost tell, have you conserve your energy. 
And I'm going to tell you that's terrible advice. You should go as hard as possible. You should show up and be as excited as you want every day and have the biggest, craziest lessons and do all the wild stuff. And if that means like, I mean, I have, there have been times and I'm not saying this is sane, right? I know that this is, this is ridiculous. Um, there have been times when we have been at my school till four o'clock in the morning working on stuff because I love it. Right. And so use that, right. That there will be times when that's not there. Use it. You will not, it will not bite you in the butt later. If you do that. The other thing is having not planning for the worst ever, but having a pain plan for when things don't go well, for when a day is difficult. You don't want to figure out where the first aid kit is or try and put together a first aid kit after you get hurt, right? You want to be able to know where the stuff is, know who the friend is that you're going to call, know where the places you're going to go after school, know what fills you back up, what gives you joy, what makes you feel calmer, what makes you feel happier, what makes you work through things and have that plan ready for if something should happen, right? Horrible conversation with a student, a parent comes in aggravated with you. Uh, you're overwhelmed with the amount of work that you have to do. They change your class right before they change your classroom the day before school starts. Anything that happens like that, know who you're just going to go to, who you're going to talk to. I'd say just to give you an example for me, some of that is my wife, but I've learned in the last few years that like we are not always the people for one another um, to, to talk to. And, and so it's having a friend, a place for me. Exercise has been huge meditating in the last several years and meditate every single day. Uh, praying is a huge thing for me um, that like I go into prayer, I go into meditation, I go into the gym and I feel better when I'm done. And so that I know for me, even it's, and I'll tell you what, it's the last thing you want to do. Last thing you want to do is go lift weights or go run or swim when you're aggravated. But I know that the biochemistry it, the thing that's going to happen neurologically, yeah. it just, it works. It is actually going to work. So I make myself do it anyway. And that really helps. Yes, I agree. It's, it's never fun. No. And <laughs> wine only goes so far. Yeah. That's not a good answer. You got one more. All right. Uh, John Fox asking how much of your lifetime food choices, et cetera, is spent on in intentional work and long-term benefit as opposed to just for pure uh, momentary fun, 80%, 20, struggling to find the balance. So, uh, gosh, this is a great question, man. Think of yourself your as a school teacher because you're not time, currently. Time, food so that choices, et cetera, spend. Changes. I, so you've heard me say this before, John, that discipline equals freedom. So most of what I do is wildly intentional. It is, it, I have figured out what works for me. So eat the same thing for breakfast every day, especially when I was in the classroom. Ate the same thing for breakfast or drank the same disgusting green juice every day for breakfast. Had the same exact lunch. Um, had the same snack. Hung with the same people during first period. So in my last year of school, it was in Miss Miller's art room in the beginning of the day with a core good group of people I was going to start my day with. It was having that important, important um, hour of of getting my mind ready before school started with exercise, with meditation, with prayer, with gratitude. Um, it was staying away from certain spaces in the school because I didn't want to, I didn't want to interact with that kind of teacher energy. 
and making sure that I was aligned with other things. It was treating myself, treat yourself to a cup of coffee every single day. That was all intentional. Now, I will say with all that intentionality, that opened up moments where I could just do things that were silly or fun. I would even schedule that sometimes where I would say, yo, listen, after six period day, which was is always the hardest period because it's like right after lunch. If I had a prep, um, what can I go do that's silly or funny or weird in the hallways? So I'd walk around, put googly eyes on stuff. I would tease kids that were in the hallway for different things and like just kind of have fun with them. Um, I would just do all like weird stuff that would just made me happy um, and brought joy to, to those around me. And then that was my release, um, after doing that. So, so it's, it's, you know, every Wednesday, uh, for a long time, I was doing like hanging out with friends. Um, every Friday is date night. So that helps me to make sure I'm meeting the needs, but then I am, but then I can also like, then if I just want to have fun, I just know that I can just do it whenever I want to, or I can do have fun in the midst of those things as well. But, uh, but yeah, so it's, it, it's, it's practice, but for me, it's getting things on the calendar first that are going to be beneficial to me. So I make sure I'm meeting my needs. Um, yeah. And then that, gosh, I could talk, I could talk about all aspects of that for a long time. Yeah. I just want to piggyback off of what you said. I, I do think that like the reason CJ makes everything so like systematic is to be able to, you have to make those decisions or they'll fatigue you. Right. Like I, you said that, like they fatigue you. So it's like, just make it routine. So he's incredibly, when he was in the classroom, he was incredibly routine. Um, and you're still like that at home. Like our breakfast is the yes. same. Like everything is. When we, we go try to the gym, to, what we yeah, do with the gym. We try to be really, really routine and scheduled. So like it kind of like you don't have to make those decisions and that has more space for fun. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. All right. Cool. Can we take a couple more? Yeah. All right. We can. I hate leaving all these questions. It makes, it hurts my heart. Uh, Heather is saying uh, in England, anchor charts don't seem to be used as much as in, as in American schools. I think they would benefit my students. What are your thoughts and experiences of them? I don't use anchor charts because um, I don't always like the public acknowledgement of someone's success or failures. Well, why does that have to be an anchor chart? An anchor that, chart is just a big giant I think of the wrong thing. It's like those big giant post-it notes, like there's the paper things. Oh. Um, That's an anchor chart. Well so I'll say this, right? Heather, um clearly he doesn't like to use them for behavioral stuff. So I don't. But 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 I'm not against that, right? Well I was gonna get into like oh. some kids it works for, right? So I just don't I just don't always think that all things work for all kids. So, but I will do something if it benefits the majority of my students, and then I will treat things for those that it doesn't work for. Um, I would say this, even if something's not popular, but it feels right to you, and even more so, it feels right to your students, it's worth an experiment. So I do all kinds of stuff in my classroom that I know no other teachers do, but I know it works for my students. So like when I talked about doing points for grades. I did it as an experiment. I saw that it made so much more sense to my students because they saw every single assignment as total points. So the test is worth more 
because it's 50 points, right? Um, as opposed to your journal entry that was worth three points. And so you can do a lot of journal entries, but that test is going to be the thing that's really, really, really going to like have a huge and deep effect on your, on your grade. So I would say um, experiment with it. Talk to your students about it. See what they think about it. Um, I, we, a lot of the decisions that I make in my classroom, I want my students' feedback because I want to know, is this helping you to find success? And if you think something is going to help your students find success, I say just do it, um, even if it's even if it's unpopular. But because who's going to argue with student success, right? And if it brings you, that brings you because student success is yeah. So I'll leave it at that. That's how I think that I would look at that. All right, uh, next one. I think this is our last one, maybe. Uh, Carl is Sorry. saying. Um, uh, one time you spoke in a video. I'm just this? looking at that profile picture. I like oh. it. Anyway, <laughs> it's go pretty. ahead. Um, you spoke in one video about doing stuff for learners' birthdays. Did yes. you do a half birthday for those birthdays that fell during breaks? Uh, so you could. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, one of the things that sucks is like kids that have summer birthdays, they all like, they do like a birthday for everybody, like right at the end of the year. Um so uh, our school district for the kids doesn't, they don't do that. Everybody gets still, if you're in the summer, say they have like three students, they each get their day. All right. Still. But I never and thought I like about that. doing half birthday. That's a great idea. That is a great idea. It's like halfway to your birthday. Yeah. So if your birthday is in kind of funny. July, it's right. like, let's bust it out in December. Um, that's kind of funny and fun. And quirky. Yeah. I think that's weird. a fun idea. Yeah. That's a great idea. So I say go absolutely. With that. I'll tell you what, when I first started teaching and I had no money to be able to do this either. And this was a huge expense. Even at that time, I would buy, uh, greeting cards from the dollar store at that time. And I would get the worst ones. Like it was like, let me bed. find the tackiest one or stuff that had nothing to do with, it would be like happy 86th birthday, right? Just something absurd. And I would give that to a kid and I would write happy birthday and write a little note in there. And give them a pencil. And you would have thought I just handed them the world. Some kids oh, that is so, remember that? Yeah. It was so impactful to just see that someone remembered, someone thought of you, someone. Your teacher yeah, at that. Like, like, yeah, it's just your, it's that it's like, and dude, walking into my room, I go to shake their hand. And I go, hey, I just wanted to say happy birthday to you. And I would give that to them. And they would just, it was, it meant the world. To, to students and this is high school kids and so i think and from there i've go, i've grown that practice especially for like kids i was really close to i'd have like little birthdays for them or we would like get a baked good or at least buy them some donuts or something like that like it was an, a bigger acknowledgement of that um but i think celebrating birthdays if you have the capacity is absolutely important um and beneficial but it's making it as easy as possible for you. So I buy a whole bunch of cards. They just be in my desk. I'd look at my schedule the week before, see if anybody had a birthday coming up, write them a card, get a pencil, attach it with like a little ribbon and give it to them on their birthday. And that was the huge hit every single time. Miss Gonzalez says her son's birthday is really close, like right after Christmas, right in the new year. So they would do, they would celebrate his birthday on the half. Yeah, that's such a great <laughs> right? idea. I don't, I she's right. Nobody wants to come to another party like after Christmas. You're tired, done. I uh, wish I'd known the end. I know. That's, that's my mom's idea. birthday was on Christmas, and she yeah, was like, like she's like, I got like screwed every year. Yeah, here's a gift. It's for your birthday and for Christmas.
this yeah, mess. It's yeah. like, yo, bro, you jipping me. Just cheap. <laughs> All right, look, we're gonna answer, we're gonna do one more because my buddy Ruth is on here and she uh, is joining us. She doesn't always pop in, so hey, Ruth. What's up, Ruth? Uh, she's asking any advice on a return to the classroom after three years virtual. I am still looking for virtual teacher jobs, um, but until then, I'm going back for the next school year. Not sure if I can handle it anymore. Um, love you both, by the way. Thanks. So love you. I love you too, Ruth. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, my face was looking like that because I thought your school was virtual for like they just like never came back from the pandemic. They're like, no, I think we just prefer in the virtual classroom yeah. nowadays. Um, fine. You know, I think here's the thing, Ruth. There are a whole bunch of things that. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it like this. Sometimes people in education can be the worst supporters for what's best for us. Mm -hmm. And so if you feel like there is a particular type of education, a particular grade, a particular population of students, um, a particular way that you find that is your strength in teaching, then you should do that. Because if that is going to be where you're gonna be able to do your best work. That is something we have to look at as well. And so if you find that teaching virtually, or even if it's not like it, like 12 months of the year, 10 months of the year teaching to the same students, but you find that tutoring is your best work, right? Like, so you're virtually tutoring students through certain things. And that's where you're going to be able to kind of like be in your flow and do your best work. Then you should do that. Don't not, don't. So, so I, that's part of it. Um, if I felt like I had to go back to teaching, if it was a monetary thing, or if I just, you know, whatever, whatever the reason is, um, I think it's figuring out ways to make the best of it. And I, I'll tell you this, it's really, it's, it goes back to that piece of like, it's the growing you, it's the you, you know, I think teachers, and I'm not saying this about you, but I know that in the past I've done this where I blamed kids and I knew that in, what I needed to do was turn the finger around and figure out how I was going to do better, how I was going to get better at this. And even if that was just better at managing myself, my emotions, my feelings, my outbursts, my anger, my uh, disappointment, um, because teaching will bring a lot of that to you, I needed to find a way that I was in control of my joy that students were not in control of my joy anymore, that my principal did not, I was not a puppet and they could decide how I was going to feel on any given day, that I was more in control of that. Now, I'm not by any means like perfect at that. I'm not like a Jedi of joy, um, which is actually a great name for a band, but um, that is something that I would seriously consider. And, you know, whether that is looking into therapy, looking into books, looking into groups, and kind of trying to grow you if you feel like that, that if this is, if you are kind of more on the end of like being forced into doing something that is not your jam, how am I going to grow me so I can uh, not just survive this, but thrive through this? I also think if you're not going to, if you're not staying there, like just don't try not to sweat it. Right. As much as you can. I mean, that's easier said than done. Um, but I think even when I knew I wasn't coming back to school. I still had a really, I still got really mad. So, but right, that, that advice doesn't really work. But, but <laughs> right? So yeah. Ruth might not. Cause to me that works like, right. I know that like, if I'm trying to get a job in a different environment that you are 
better suited for, or I think she said it's monetary also was potentially the reason, but mm -hmm. like, if you're looking for a different job that suits your needs better, then you don't have to worry about all the like politics and stress or whatever is happening in the classroom. Cause right. you're not going to be there that long either. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's my only thought. Cool. Are we good? Uh, we can. I hour and 12 in. Well, look, here's the thing. <laughs> um, we are, this is the beginning of the, of all of this for us, right? So we are back. We'll be back next Sunday, 4 PM Eastern standard time. Um, and I realize that not that time works for everyone, but there's also, this gets turned into a podcast, right? It will drop as a podcast tomorrow morning. If you want to uh, contact with it there, if you have more questions or you need someone to talk to, our Facebook group is a really great place to go to that. You can also sign up for mentoring on our website. So if you need that one-to-one -one where I will personally do a phone call with you and we can talk through whatever it is that you're, that you have going on, I'm more than happy to go stick to life, stick to school, stick to whatever you have going on. Um, and then we do have programs. We have a back to school boot camp coming up that is going to, well, I hope it's going to be so much better. Our goal is than even last year's was. And I think last year's was a wild success. Um, so, and it's going to be longer. Last year was two days. This we're looking at four days right now to be able to really be able to pour into people. Um, and there's a couple of cool things that are going around with that too, but I'm not going to talk about it because. I will get myself in trouble again. Um, so that's it, gang. We hope that you have a really great rest of your week, and uh, we will see you back next week, both of us. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'll be here again. <laughs> that means we have to keep fixing our hair every day, but we, no one, we could have just bathing suits on right now. On I know. Look, I really could have pajamas on the bottom. I just need a shirt. I know. The pajamas awesome. make you feel lazy, though. Yeah, I don't really you know what I mean? pajamas. So cool. Ready? Oh, I do. Music. I do. The you got to hit the music. Oh, you got You're the that. you're the yeah. DJ now. But I never did. You go like this. All right, everybody. See you next week. Please. Peace.